Uh, this is your baby, Scott, so you make okay, it. Okay, should I just, like, jump right in? Whatever you want to do. You can do it however you want to. You're the host. All right, most... are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Red Beard Show. Welcome to Red Beard. Oh, beautiful singing we have in the studio tonight. And we have asked you to give us questions, and boy, did we get some responses. So today, we have the cast of Red Beard in the DM who puts it all together himself. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Um. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot, That was a beautiful was so intro. Good. I loved it. Where'd go? Jason's like, um. You just outshone Jason. You did. Jason, how do you feel? You had, you had like singing choruses and everything. Uh, Jason, okay. have you been trying? The bar has been raised. <laughs> Tighten your man bun. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I'm the Dungeon Master Jason. I'm looking at Ashley. Well, I guess it's my turn. I'm Ashley. I play Sasha. I'm Ricky, and I play a lot of people, but mostly Tabby and Diana. And I'm Drew. I play Crom. Who are you, Scott? All right. I'm the host of this evening, morning, afternoon show. <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and just jump right into the questions. And the first question is for the actual like players and not the dm it's for ashley ricky and drew what was the inspiration for creating your characters uh Uh, ashley would you like to start um yeah i guess um it's hard to say exactly where inspiration came from just from watching like different tv shows and movies and you know different kind of things like that you just kind of pull in bits and pieces that you want to try and make into a character so is it in your subconscious yeah i would say cool for me uh ricky or drew would either you <laughs> like to um, talk about that yeah no yeah, sure um i guess i'm gonna show my age slightly so the, one of the first inspirations for the character was um, a character from the Mighty Ducks animated show. <laughs> yeah. Grin. <laughs> He's just like a massive big duck, but he was like uh, more softer spoken. And I just liked that uh, like sort of contrary or opposing um, deal. It's somebody so big, but they're just soft spoken. Um, and I guess a little bit of it comes from to my um, my father-in-law, who um, he was like a very big like listener, and not so much like when he talked, it meant something. So that's kind of where Crom comes from—that more gentler, um, soft-spoken. He's a gentle giant. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and Ricky, with your multiple people, do um, you have like <laughs> multiple so- inspirations? Well, the 
main idea for my character um, was mostly because everybody was like, Ugh, bards. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want to play a bard. Um, and then when I was looking, I was looking through the different races on D&D Beyond, um, and I saw uh, Shapeshifter was a more recent-ish playable race, and it just kind of clicked. So it wasn't really like inspiration pulled from anywhere, it was me just kind of like looking like what kind of combination do I want to do, and then it kind of grew from there. Yeah. So yeah, when you pitched it to me, I was terrified, but I was like, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. And I love it so much. So Jason, with all these interesting characters, how, what was your inspiration for creating the world? Okay. So the world is actually a byproduct from the first campaign that we actually did. So a lot happened during then and... Some things happened not the way it was intended, so I had history unfold in a way. So I had to think of a way that um, the consequences of like bad decisions of what would happen, but also that um, technology would continue. So that's where I went into an industrial era, kind of. So very steampunk-esque. Um, it's... 500 years since our last campaign so i had to think about technology and all that and then um as they as the players were giving me two of them were like uh, magic classes i was like well we should just make it high magic society and see this thing light on fire and it has so <laughs> um it's it's it took three months for me to build this kingdom and it took a lot of uh, a lot of collaboration with a bunch of people of my close friends and other dungeon masters as well. So I would say ultimately it's from the first campaign, but it's also my weird obsession with steampunk and really obscure anime. So. <laughs> All right. Well, with recording a podcast, you often have tons and tons of unused footage. So do any of you have any favorite parts that got cut from the podcast? Um, as far as banter goes, um, I can't really think of anything specific, but I do like the banter between, like, sometimes we kind of banter in character, but not. And I really like the banter between, uh, like, my character and Drew's character, and the fact that he rolls terribly for intimidation. <laughs> So it's like, like literally the worst rules ever. Yeah, like that so is like a, my favorite part of the whole. A thing. lot of that gets kept, but some of it like continues on, like and gets cut because we can't like keep everything. But I really right. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I, I like I like I don't think some of the camel facts made it. <laughs> From oh, camping yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so so, yeah. so there was a whole breakdown of the entire episode in, in season one where we started talking about camels so we brought back camel facts in, in season two that was fun I would and thank uh, you for cutting <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what do we want to talk about uh, are you winning son yeah. oh my god yeah so I mostly record from home 
And so when I'm home, a lot of times my husband's at home doing like his own thing while we're recording. But occasionally he likes to like just stick his head in, see how things are going. And one day we were recording, and I think it was about to be pretty intense. It was like, the fight scene. It was the battle at the Sage Mansion. Like it was deadly. <laughs> <laughs> like our first and, big major battle. And Mike just sticks his head in and is like, "You winning, son?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, and you could hear him on the recording, but unfortunately we had to cut it. I think Jason wanted to cut it just because of the fact that it was so intense and you didn't want to, like, yeah. break that. Yeah. It, it was so funny. I tried everything possible to keep it, but, like, the intensity of the game and the and the battle and how important it was, I didn't want to lose that for the audience. But, I mean, my favorite part was that, and then right after you hear me, Drew, both go... Mike, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> He's done it another time too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He doesn't like. He doesn't always say anything, but you can like, <laughs> like we we have video for like our sake and not like for the podcast. But like, mm-hmm. he'll just see the door open and his head will stick in. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Well, there's Mike." <laughs> Everybody just crosses his fingers and hopes he stays quiet. (laughs) I usually turn around and give him like the thumb, like get out. (laughs) Um, Does everybody have a favorite kind of monster? I've done so many. Okay, so not specifically from the campaign. But I do have, like, the D&D monster manual. And, like, looking through all the monsters, I really like um, Displacer Beasts and Blink Dogs. I I love Blink Dogs. And I like the fact that those two are actually, like, connected. Like, they're actual, like, natural rivals of each other. Yeah. So. Not gonna lie. Uh, First campaign, I really liked Undead Minotaurs. So that was one of the reasons why i went ahead and did minotaur as well because it's like we always have these undead minotaurs but never see actual minotaurs so i i don't know just something about like a skeletal bull man with like a massive weapon just seemed really really cool i i actually really liked it in the first campaign where we had to fight a um oh what do you call it it's the thing with all the eyes Oh, Beholder. Beholder, yeah. That was Beholder. That was probably one of the most intense battles, but it was also really a lot of fun trying to like dodge the the eyes and what they do. And but it, it had um that deadly sort of thrill that was a bit more upped because it has like insta kill basically and mm-hmm. so it i i had it was like a huge adrenaline rush fighting it but yeah it, yeah yeah i was terrified to run that thing <laughs> um so i would say in the campaign right now my favorite thing to do lately is um goblins <laughs> just because <laughs> they do the dumbest stuff possible or, or cause so much pain, like in the last episode, um, which it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, 
if you haven't listened to all the episodes, you should. But if you <laughs> skipped ahead to this Q and A, spoilers ahead. But <laughs> um, <laughs> that that a goblin actually dropped Sasha to death rolls, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> and describing I mean, it was like what they're wearing. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I always make them wear like random things. My inspiration to them is the box trolls. Um, oh, okay. So they they just have this weird attitude to them, um, but care like a monster that I haven't used, but I've been really. I want to use it at the right time. It's in Mordekainen's book. It it's I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I think it's called an Ubalisk. Um, they're like mimics, but basically they slowly kill a town and then they mimic every person in a town but it's one monster that's connected by like jelly tentacles. So Wasn't that the one where like a like a kid designed that or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, so make Dude, a wish. That yeah. sounds so cool. It's it's yeah. creepy and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, make a wish foundation uh paired up with D&D and did it with some kid and he came up with that and it's just awesome. Dude, that that's a great idea. Yeah. And the only way you really can tell is like if you like look down at their feet or see if they have like this small strand of a tentacle connected to them or something, they're basically puppets that can eat you. Wow. That Should actually, we... that would be like really weird. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool though. Like yeah, that. that would be cool. Like, I feel like that'd be video game like i'd want that in a video game now <laughs> it, it reminds me of the movie uh the thing a lot yeah. like just like you uh, don't know who or what everybody is <laughs> so yeah but it's like even on a bigger scale than that yeah it's mm-hmm. like an entire yeah. town <laughs> that's insane like you walk in and everybody's it's like those like towns where like the government's brainwashing everybody where right. everybody just got that smile on their face yeah. like yeah this is yeah. the best town ever uh, like, when you're not paying few. attention they're like oh. yeah yeah it's like the game we happy few i wanted to play that i still haven't got it yet uh, though. Yeah. See, i was thinking of uh bossing say like uh from oh from uh avatar avatar <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well um, next question is for Ricky, Ashley, and Drew. Um, what sort of encounter or combat situation are you most looking forward to or dreading? Or both at the same time? <laughs> so, I always look forward and dread, uh, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna That's have to fight him answer. someday. Will we though, or will there know. be a wedding? <laughs> <laughs> it could go either way, honestly. Um, I think I am like nervous about going into like one of the sepulchers because we don't know what's in there. Oh, dude, that was gonna be one of my opening jokes. I forgot. <laughs> There's a joke about sepulcher. Uh, I was gonna okay, come in and be like, now. "What's up, Oker?" Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. That's funny. That's that's pretty good. I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> What's... None of you remember that <laughs> because we're not doing that when you walk up to it. 
Um, Drew, do you have any specific stuff you look forward to? Um, I don't know. I just I'm I'm always on the lookout for a new unique situation that we've not been in previously. Um, which so far this season I feel like we've been in a lot of those, which has been really fun. Um, I guess what I would probably be most nervous is as a character, I don't really have anything ranged wise. So if we're in a situation where like both, you know, Ricky and Ashley's characters are both down like that and, and I'm not able to be like right beside them. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of situation kind of scares me for sure. Um, I think another thing aside from Leon, uh, I'm looking forward to like more backstory related encounters mm-hmm. where like the story actually is like coming out yeah. more yeah so that's what i'm looking for and i i would say we're like right on that cusp of <laughs> a lot to come out yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially Floodgates when you are get, about to be open like <laughs> especially when you get to like president i think a lot's gonna unfold especially <laughs> uh because especially for sasha because that's the whole reason like she wants to go there and yeah and yeah it's gonna be cool it's gonna be a lot of work <laughs> there's a there's a lot in Prezian. it's it's huge but yeah um the next question is completely opinionated <laughs> i will say <laughs> what is the best class to play and why is it a bard hold up <laughs> clerics are really cool Um, and they are not bards so take that (laughs) I I really think the best class to play really depends on the play style of the the person playing like you can't really say like oh this class is perfect for everybody Mm -hmm. so yeah it's even hard to like oh it's your first time playing you should be this I more Mm. I mean me and Ashley kind of create a, a Q&A for, like, first-time players, like, how to, like, what what kind of type of game do you want to play? Are you wanting to be support, or do you want to, you know, hack and slash the whole time? So it, it just depends on the play style. Yeah. But, I mean, we got to pick at least a favorite for this question, right? We could ev- pick everybody's, like, a favorite from everybody. Yeah, yeah I'd say everybody could pick a favorite. Um, I think I haven't really officially played a fighter, but fighters seem like they would be a lot of fun to play as. They got a lot going on for them, I think. You could really uh, mess around with them. I think they're a good pairing for a lot of the different um, feats you can pick up. Um, So you can really kind of match a fighter in any real way that you want to, which I think is a lot of fun. Um... I would say, like, if I had to pick a favorite, like, right now, yeah, it would be uh, the Artificer class. That has been my favorite. No, like, yeah. And I've, I've done it as an NPC already, and it's just, it's so much fun. I mean, it's pretty much a wizard, but they have gadgets and cool <laughs> Is things. Is that the new one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so basically, okay. they... They've been in the works for years because they were so broken because they're basically like story type kind of uh, wizards. But the problem is people that min-max characters, they would be so broken. Um, Mm. But 
like for so um the commodore he he is an artificer and so instead of like casting a spell per se he he um he puts like this um charged up battery contraption on crumbs mall and gives and that gives him branding smite instead of like him mm. casting it so it's just really cool they're they're hoarders and they make like little gadget thingies <laughs> i don't know i might be biased but i really really liked warlock um for multiple reasons i think playing it was really fun because you got to like dip your toe in magic but you didn't have to go like it didn't feel like I had to really keep track of a bunch of different things. But the other side of it was the main, like, you, so much story stuff can be built on the fact that you have um, a deity or something higher than yourself that you're sort of, quote-unquote, tied to. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Obviously, we went into it a little bit deeper in Campaign 1, but even, I mean, you, you could do that um, without it being a part of, like, the main story even. Just something like a side note or a side story. Yeah, Miss Bard, would you say Bard is your favorite? <laughs> Actually, I haven't played D&D too much, but just personally, I really like rogues. Like, I really like the, like, sneaking around, like, high dexterity, like, you can move out of the way really quick. Um, and they, like, you can play any character, like, unpredictably, but, like... There's something kind of hilarious to me about, like, a rogue rolling bad on, like, a sneak roll yeah. or a <laughs> hand thing and, like, trying to get out of that situation. Yeah. It's like a Minotaur trying to fun. intimidate people. Yeah, totally like that. <laughs> so, like, Bard, I, I'm still not super familiar or comfortable with, like, the magic in D&D. Mm. &D. Um, so, uh, Playing the bard is definitely like stepping out of my comfort zone, um, but I really did enjoy playing a rogue last time, and I probably will play again um, eventually. Just maybe not um, the arcane trickster, because yeah. I don't know. Like spells are useful because they do give you range, but mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to try something like non magic eventually. Yeah. I I will say I've always been a magic user, and then the one time I didn't have magic, I was trying to find any way possible to find ways to use magic. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, I just have to have a class that has magic. <laughs> and it I guess it depends on how much magic too, because like, it seems like every class now has some sort of magic eventually. Mm -hmm. Just a little mm -hmm. bit, a little um, pace. But yeah. Like, if you want to go straight up crazy level, choose wizard, because you will have so m so many spells that it already confuses me. So, yeah. <laughs> Mere mention of the class confuses you. Yeah, yeah. Well, just <laughs> the sheer fact that they can learn any spell that they, they research is crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is kind of a repeat question. Lay it um, on us. So we... Should we yeah, skip it or what? What, what is, is it? it? Uh, how did you find inspiration for your characters' backgrounds? Oh. oh. Didn't we kind of talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, because the backgrounds yeah. are more inspiration for creating your character. 
that I would say it's it's slightly different because like maybe the inspiration for creating a character is different than the character's background itself. Because for mm. me, for like Sasha's background, um, Jason Jason was really insistent that she have some sort of something in the background going on for her Mm. and so i had to think about some different things about like what could possibly be her her reason for going out because he's like you need a reason for going out and so she actually has a specific reason for going out it's part of her background but not necessarily part of her character creation sort of process Mm. um but i think having a specific reason for your character to be out exploring is a little bit vital. Um, for them to have a goal set. Yeah, a set, a set a way. goal, basically. Which, which yeah. Sasha talked about that a little bit, didn't yeah, she? I think so. Okay. Uh, you're being very I I secrete. can't remember what yeah. I talked about, honestly. <laughs> 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 so I didn't want to spoil too much about, because I'm sure a lot of it will come very shortly with going to Presidian probably. So I didn't want to say too much. I would I would say you could you could talk about like the reason you travel. But that could probably be it. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to Well yeah, cuz she's she's traveling specifically because it's kind of like a family legacy that they all go out and travel to basically gain knowledge of the world and of like ingredients because it's a very her family is a, a very like potion legacy um and so it's been part of that tradition to go out and like see where ingredients come from and make your own connections out in the world networking. or like yeah it's a lot of networking it's <laughs> what it is <laughs> olden times networking <laughs> but yeah so that's that is a lot of the reason that she's gone out into the world. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that I would say Diana has unveiled either. Uh, for well, I'm I don't want to go like into it. I think I've explained like my backstory idea to Jason. Mm-hmm. I think Drew was there, but I don't know like how much he remembers of it. Very little great. So I'm not going to go like super into it, but the biggest inspiration for my character's background was the fact that, uh, um, you're treading changelings, lightly. sorry, changelings, um, uh, are kind of taboo. Like, people are kind of like wishy washy on if they accept them or not. And that was a big puzzle piece for my backstory and like how my character like grew up in that kind of society like did she hide it was she able to like be herself um her parents like their influence because obviously one or both of them were a changeling so like she had to grow up with like that and um creating characters is always just like a big puzzle piece and once you can figure out like a couple of the pieces the other ones just kind of start falling into place so The biggest one I drew inspiration from, like, the actual, like, description of changelings in the D&D book. 
So that was my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. <laughs> Definitely making it taboo has been interesting. Um, do does anybody have a favorite or more most interesting class race combo that they like? Dwarves. <laughs> I am dwarves in something. Dwarves in like everything for Jason, apparently. <laughs> I love dwarves. Um, I remember um, me and Jason were playing in a completely wildly different campaign at some point, and he was a ranger centaur. Yes. <laughs> oh, was, my God. Yes. That in itself yes. was a real trip. Staircases I think. were my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a lot of fun to kind of see in action. And I don't know if the centaurs are in, like, a player race. Um, can officially play I think they, Yeah, I think they got added with the uh, Minotaurs. Yeah. Yeah, they're either in Volos or I forget which one. I know they're definitely in the Unearthed Arcana, so they are available if you want to try them. Um, <laughs> if they're actual like registered into a book, I cannot remember, but they're hilarious, <laughs> and I love playing them. Uh, they were. It, he was fun. He was a lot of fun. Yeah. He was very. In the way, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm having a hard time even thinking of all the races right now. Yeah, there's so many. Um, I love the southern teethlings that we yes. had at Target. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love those. Our yeah. world, the southern teethlings. Yeah, Drew's character definitely <laughs> left a mark on the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one mark. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think like okay so like when I first started playing I always did Elven Ranger I was I was the very vanilla player <laughs> and did that um, there's something about it just works so well but I don't know 5e kind of changed a lot up so mm -hmm. you can do a lot more yeah. yeah I remember back in the day Dwarf Cleric was like the my thing. every Every character was a dwarf cleric. Yeah. Yeah, human but fighter. That was a long time ago. <laughs> human fighter like, was like the thing. <laughs> I feel like now, like any race could be like any class if you try hard enough. Mm -hmm. But there's mm -hmm. definitely certain like classes and races that work well together better than some others just because of like the perks or like the. Yeah. Stuff that you get and it just blends well, but um, it's it's more so about like finding like that combination that just works best for you yeah. and going back to like depends on the player. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I well, changelings could probably pretty much work for any class, but um, I'm having a lot of fun playing a, the changeling bard. But mm -hmm. last campaign I played a tabaxi rogue, and I think that also played pretty well together. Yeah. Um, because Tabaxis are naturally curious because they're like cats. So mm. plays on that. But um, Rogue is a really good way for Tabaxis to like get out there and like kind of remain hidden. Like they don't really want to draw like too much attention to themselves because they're more about like getting knowledge and information. And a good way to do that is to like sneak around and listen. So. 
suggestion, a half orc rogue is pretty difficult to play. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> but the, the cool thing is, like, even in those situations where you're playing something that that I guess previously to five E that was kind of counter class. I mean, I just like the 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 story abilities that you have with some of those too. Yeah, like, yeah. I just. Mm-hmm. I think that 5e has really opened the door on a lot of that stuff and made it a lot more accessible to tell different stories like other than elf rangers back in the day and, and human wizards and this and that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, next question. Who has the ugliest signature and why is it Jason? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this. Turns out it's not Jason. Yeah. It's me. We can always ask Autumn when she gets her uh, yeah. her box yeah. that she won. Ask her what the ugliest one was. Yeah. Shout out to Autumn who won the box yeah. for yeah. these questions. Yeah. Uh, let us know yeah. in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I see I see Jason's signature like all the time and every single time like he signs those like little like digital boxes you know like at they have at the banks or you sometimes sign them at the mm-hmm. grocery store his signature still looks good on those so that's how <laughs> i know it's not jason because his signature still looks good on those and those are like the worst my parents yeah. made me practice it a lot <laughs> like a lot a lot because they're like one day you're gonna be famous and your signature is gonna everybody's gonna know and i'm like okay <laughs> And then now it's just like, great, now I have this really cool signature. <laughs> just that guy with the pretty signature. But I, I have an average life, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, has I know, Ricky, you're still like pretty new to D&D, but for everybody, do you have a favorite story arc that you've been a part of in D&D? I mean, we can't really say much for this campaign. We haven't right. really gotten too far. Oh no, Leon's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I, re- I really, like, I kind of joined in really late campaign in the first campaign. Mm-hmm. But I did like the, how it ended. Like, from where I started to, like, how things ended. Like, that mm-hmm. whole thing was really cool with uh, fighting, like, a demon god thing. Yeah. <laughs> and how that all tied together. <laughs> you guys are being so polite and like quiet about things <laughs> just because it may possibly come in campaign two. Okay, yeah, because here's the thing about one of the mo- most like memorable things that Jason has done as a DM was like forever ago there's no recordings of it which is a real pity but the stupid song of the sea oh god (laughs) (laughs) we're going back we're going back like 15 years edwin and that whole monstrosity that happened because of that because my character spurned (laughs) an npc's affection no it wasn't an npc it It was was, an actual pc it was another player and it was because he kept trying to like follow me around because he didn't know what he was doing and then eventually he left, and Jason took over his character. As an NPC to randomly show up. Yeah. And um, so because of that, he became, like, the big bad evil guy. Like, so, the worst. So picture <laughs> the Incredibles movie. He was yeah. he was Buddy. 
<laughs> and Ash's character constantly was like, I work alone. Get out of here. Well, <laughs> he turned into the supervillain. Because... Like, hardcore. <laughs> oh, I loved that. I think that campaign, like, in the first ten minutes, didn't we meet that character? And immediately I was just like, let's kill him. He's the main villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. did. Yeah. And then all of you, every single person yeah. that was in the group was like, no, we can't kill him. He's just a random guy. I'm like, no, this is the main villain. We got to kill him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody did it. <laughs> it was so funny because Scott was like right on the whole time. Like yeah. He showed up like four times in that whole campaign. You're, you're like, no, this guy's it. Like he's the one. This is it. We have to kill him right now. <laughs> uh, I good. really liked... Um, in campaign one from the 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 i don't know what you want to call it the standoff on the on the ship where mm. frank ends up shooting himself to yeah to, yeah. to the end of where um where roy and frank visited um oh what was his name uh shoot what was the new patron oh do you remember um, jason oh shoot yeah um yeah. Let me pull up the notes. <laughs> <laughs> but but like that whole like journey I thought was really cool. Like yeah. I mean it really um up until that point I don't know that uh Frank was really in quite involved with anybody else in the party per se, but like I think like story wise that really brought Roy and Frank together way more than they ever were previously. Oh yeah, for sure. I did I did like the those moments. Was it Oberon? Yeah, Oberon. Oberon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So, because yeah. I think that was like a really um, sweet moment for them because I don't think they ever really totally got along. They were always just kind right. of like they're in the same party sort of thing. Yeah. And um, But I would say that that moment was probably like a really good moment for them, I think, that mm. whole arc. Yeah. I. Yeah, I, there's so many for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sky in that campaign was like a stray cat that you gave food to, and he just kind of like kept following along. He's like, "Well, you gave me food once, maybe you'll do it again." <laughs> yeah. I, it, I would say I think one of the things we're trying to maybe do better this campaign is. That, that interaction between characters and, and um, getting those moments where it's meaningful for them to actually travel together. It's not just, you know, a group of people just traveling to travel. You meet in a tavern. The, we, we've, I feel like, and I, 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 I'm, I'm weary to say this, but I feel like, uh, like my character and Krom have already had that moment. Yeah. Yeah. For each other. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have it like we don't have a recording of it, which sucks. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. there's already been a couple moments where that happened. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was the session zero, and that was like a really good story wise. Like we made it work with Sasha and Tabby mm -hmm. slash Diana, but I don't feel like there's been like that deep connection quite yeah. yet. Yeah. But I I'm sure it's gonna come. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, does everyone have a favorite board game? 
And why? Mm. You're talking to Tune two in people. Tune in to Rare. Right. <laughs> I was wondering, is there a podcast that talks about board games? <laughs> You'll know, Ashley, mine's top three favorite games. Yeah. That's such a guilty like plug-in, but it worked. <laughs> it was a legitimate question. We didn't like pose that to be like, hey, go listen to Rare. Yeah, that's a legitimate question. This is not a marketing scheme. <laughs> Um, out of my top three, though, the one that feels closest to D&D that I think a lot of people would probably enjoy would be Mansions of Madness, um, because it's, like, that deep, heavy theme, like, like, puzzly, like, figure stuff out kind of game, um, but without the DM, because the app does most of it, and it's Mm tile-based, but it's, it's a really fun interesting game that's based on like hp lovecraft stuff and it's got figures that's it's got so fun. many miniatures it's like mm-hmm. i love it's that. expensive it's, it's pricey but it's, it's worth, it. worth it yeah what say you other rare podcast member oh uh, yeah just go right <laughs> to me okay yeah i see how it is now i still really like um, Kill Dr. Lucky that one really holds a special place in my heart being like one of the first board games we got into and I still like to break out and play it and um, it's just kind of like Clue but you're trying to kill the you know Dr. Lucky <laughs> and um, it's it's got a lot of take that moments and it's it's kind of reminiscent of classic board games that I really enjoy. See, it's kind of hard Drew, for Drew, do you have any? Um, yeah, Drew. Oh, sorry. No, Drew. Go ahead. The <laughs> no, DM I, doesn't I, matter. I, I mean, your answer is probably going to be better than anything I'm going to give. I'll be honest. We're saving um, the best for last, Jason. Oh, okay. Got yeah, it. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster. I, I don't know. Um, I don't play a lot of board games, to be honest. Um, and really... Um, besides like any classics I never really started playing any like interesting like newer ones until like I met you guys um, I don't know I, I just like anything that, that, that like either role playing or um, just turns into pure comedy or like subverting the rules of the game and making it into a comedy like playing <laughs> apples to apples and just playing Helen Keller all the time just because <laughs> like stuff like that just that that's what I love like um, I'm trying to think of the game that uh, that Mike played with us. Oh, uh, that um, was um, that was something the, in China, the to- wasn't it? it was the Tokyo or no the Hong Kong no. Deception and Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. Deception, Murder, and oh. Hong Kong. Yeah, that was that was a really cool game too. I really really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's that's one where we usually if we bring it to the table, everybody walks away like glad that they played it yeah. I, yeah. Think. <laughs> I, I haven't that they met anybody away. who didn't like it like i feel like when you walk up to it you're a little bit overwhelmed at first yeah but then yeah when, once once somebody walks you through it you understand that like this is i mean it, it almost falls into that D category for me where it just feels so open-ended that you could do whatever Anything. you feel like during the game yeah yeah, yeah. It's now your turn. Oh, it's now my turn. (laughs) Got it. What do you got? I can't tell, but I'm staring at you. Um, (laughs) So I'm. I don't know why I have this. So I have two games. 
because one's a weird obsession that everybody like goes why like why do you like this game uh it's hot shots <laughs> i love that game hot shots. <laughs> thought you were gonna say crossfire there for a second yeah. <laughs> crossfire yeah it's uh, bring back the crossfire. 90s <laughs> oh my gosh i sing that all the time <laughs> but like i'll i'll substitute the word but keep the tune yeah every time you guys come in the game was not as cool as the commercial but <laughs> every time you guys come in our house you just see me and ashley like shooting metal ball, ball bearings at each other constantly <laughs> <laughs> it's just the thing <laughs> no hot shots is like um it's a firefighter game that it's tile based and like if so many tiles catch on fire uh you lose but there's certain ways it's you gotta roll a certain amount of dice to put out one flame like chaos happens like wind will change direction and burn a different way if you light the propane tank on fire it explodes and burns like every tile around it yeah um i just love the chaos with it i've actually played it with firefighters and that was the most amazing game i've ever played with them because like we beat it with like nothing scorched and i've never done it since because they were like so strategic about it um but recently somewhat recently i don't know within the year it would be the game icarus i really enjoy that game um which you talked about it on rare yeah so. I don't you didn't know. like it. I, I know that based, you, you yeah. talked badly about it. Um, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm in the recording, like I'm like, why? This game's amazing. Why do you uh, hate my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a story game that everybody uh, participates in, and as you're doing it, you're stacking these large dice, and it that's like the the tower i forget it's like the story tower or whatever um but it's called icarus because you're slowly like crumbling society of this world into and it's just gonna burn and fall so like you try to s you, you basically just make this really cool story so any dungeon master or game master out there trying to build a cool um world or city or something play this game because i've actually used some of the worlds that we've built into demir so it's uh I love this game so much. Oh that's fun. Yeah. Little little hint for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any game of Icarus we played. Okay, good. <laughs> so what is everybody's favorite thing to eat eat or drink while gaming? That's a Ricky question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always eating while we're playing. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I usually have like a tea or a juice of some kind, um, and then just like snacks, like chips or candy or something. The loudest Always possible snacking thing. <laughs> all the time. Next to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I, as one of the editors of this podcast, I get all the ASMR of Ricky eating. <laughs> I try to chew as quietly as <laughs> I know. I know <laughs> you do. I can definitely tell, too. <laughs> uh, I feel like kettle chips would be the worst <laughs> in that situation. Or if somebody was eating cereal. Uh. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like kind of squishy and yeah. crunchy at the same time. <laughs> uh, on like a normal gaming basis, I think 
Like, um, not, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of snacking while playing, but I'd have to say I dislike having greasy hand food. Yeah, because you feel so bad about the game. Yeah. Like, especially if it's somebody else's game. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm a big fan of stuff more like pretzels, because even chips can be a little bit greasy or, like, dusty if you're, like, getting into, like, Doritos. They're dusty. But, like, stuff like pretzels or even, like, um, some veggies with some dip, I think, is a pretty good choice, too. Um as far as drinks, I do I do like having some mixed drinks or maybe some like pop yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Drew and me love ginger beer. Yeah. Bunderberg. Bunderberg. We're like ginger beer connoisseurs. Yes. Still trying new new ones every day. Yeah. I don't know. I usually I'm gonna sound like such a lush here but i usually like a mixed drink or an ale while we play uh i i like i like mead too i really i if we're playing D &D, i try to make it like fantasy kind of just to pull me in there i don't know dragon's blood like we make that every christmas (laughs) that's a good drink um dude that is uh that is rough (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I don't really eat, and I think that's a problem. <laughs> Probably is. Yeah, yeah. That Tingleberry episode. <laughs> uh, I definitely didn't eat that until a whole day, and I think I drank more <laughs> than I, yeah, I should have. Yeah. <laughs> it it was funny though, because I I made Tingleberry up on the fly, <laughs> and it turned out to be something amazing. What did you, you what did you have that one day? You drank bang or something and got like deathly ill that oh, one yeah. day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. touched We thought bang you were going to die. <laughs> that was yeah, I don't know what happened to me. I've had bang in the past and then I was like, yeah, I'll have another one and I was like sweating <laughs> so yeah, yeah. much and I thought I was going to black out. Um not to shoot down bang. I'm sure it's great for someone, but <laughs> for me, I almost died. So. <laughs> Not for Jason's. <laughs> um, speaking of snacks, uh, this is a personal question oh. for me. Oh. Um, Sasha, you turned down mayonnaise from a very handsome man. <laughs> and there were residents in the area talking about how great the mayonnaise was. <laughs> So I am curious, is there a man in this campaign you would accept mayonnaise from? <laughs> oh, that's wow. such a good one. Uh, to accept mayonnaise from? Um, well, I would have to say it's probably a, a recent concept, but just the idea of something egg-based just kind of sitting out in the, you know buy something hot <laughs> just doesn't really do it <laughs> so it wasn't the the man giving the mayonnaise no i think it's just the idea it was the mayonnaise itself the mayonnaise it was just the mayonnaise being out like medieval times it just does not sound appealing he makes it every night <laughs> I mean, if a man is offering you mayonnaise, I don't know. I might go with it. 
Um, I think Loki this next JC's question, just like that's the best, that's the best NPC I've ever made. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I think this next question is a typo. Okay. Um, it says favorite video game or video game franchise. Favorite no, it's like what's your favorite video game or video game franchise? Oh, like, cause like Halo would it, be what's like your favorite video game, video game or franchise. video game franchise? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start, Jason? Okay. <laughs> um, God, I sound like an old man. Um, Civilization's up there for me. I would say. I don't know. I. I don't know. I. I. So it's gonna be weird. I don't play games well. <laughs> so I. I enjoy the story. So if somebody else is playing it, I'll watch them. Um. But games that I play and enjoy playing uh, would be like the Fable games or Civilization or um, I really enjoyed Subnautica. That was fun. Um, I died a lot in that game, but <laughs> yeah. that's really fun. I don't know. What you got? Since you made me go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do honestly get enjoyment out of like the lego games jason i hate them hates them i hate so them so much much um but that's like one of the only games that i can like 100 percent and like go in thinking i can 100 percent it where you at on uh, marvel the 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 second one um i still need to get back in there because i'm missing a lot still I'm at like 87% or something like that. I think that's why I don't like them is because there's so much to do to complete it that I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why? Just you, you played the game. You enjoyed it. My Harry Potter one glitched to where it was 99.9 and it was impossible for me to 100%. Oh, <laughs> it drove me nuts. Yeah. And that was the day Scott never played a Lego game again. <laughs> I, it came out on Switch. As it was like re-released and like a two game bundle. And I was like, I'm not buying it because I'm going to get 99.9%. Scott's like, you could go to hell. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I do like playing the like the more RPG-esque kind of games. I really like the Fallout series and the fable series games you played divinity right yeah i played divinity uh too a, a bit i didn't play it a whole whole lot um most mostly because my computer was being used for recording a lot um so it was getting transported around a lot so i didn't get a chance to play very many of my desktop games for a very 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 long time <laughs> because of that so um but i'd have to say like honestly like the 360 is probably one of my favorite consoles because <laughs> it had mm. so many good games come out for it ricky or drew i don't know it, it for me right now if i was to it's a toss-up between the witcher series and um the red dead redemption slash revolver series um witcher is just so interesting to me because it's it's kind of like old school fairy tale slash but it's, but it's off the beaten path like it, it's a different direction um that they've taken stuff so 
to me it's kind of like a breath of fresh air for some different um storytelling that that maybe you've heard previously and now are hearing it in a slightly different manner um red dead redemption revolver is just like i love westerns um i think there's just so much there storytelling wise um and i just i I just love um the stories that they put together there just there's just so many different ways that you can take um stories in the old west um if i told you that there was a minotaur skin in dead by daylight would that intrigue you to play <laughs> dead by daylight <laughs> hey scott what's so your game that. that you like to play out <laughs> i'm not a big i i mean so i've definitely thoroughly enjoyed multiplayer games um but honestly i think majority of the time i like playing single player um mm. I feel like um, when I'm playing multiplayer games, it's not so much about the game itself. It's about the the group of people that you play with and that fun and enjoyment yeah. that you get to do. Um, it's, you know, to me, the, the game you end up playing together is just, it, it really doesn't factor in that much. Um, mm-hmm. But when I'm playing, like, a single-player game, a story mode, I feel like I get a chance to kind of do that little bit of escapism and, and I'm... Um, just surrounded by a new um, you know story and world and just kind of get to inhabit that for a little bit Ricky (laughs) Um, one game that I've loved since the first time I've seen it um, and always end up coming back to it is Skyrim for me Um, I love the um RPG aspect of it. I love um, the characters. I love like the different stories, like the fact that you can like, go anywhere and find a quest. I love that there's always something to do. That there's like mundane things. There's fantastical things that you can go do. Um, it's a it's a big influence on why I like rogues um, because I I always play sneak thief like no matter what, even if I try not to. I think that's kind of like the default for everybody, but um, <laughs> I I just really enjoy that game. I like everything about it. See, my memory of Bugs that game. And all. <laughs> my memory of that game is I went to Scott's. I was kind of building an ar- archer on his game, and he's sitting on the couch, and I take a shot out in the middle of nowhere, and it goes in that slow mo that it does, like when you got something. And I said, when Scott. You get a crit. I was like, Scott. Scott and then he was like what and I'm like watch and I had 10 seconds to get his attention and it was still flying (laughs) and it headshot like an elk and dropped it and I'm like I beat the game I can't play this game anymore like I beat the game (laughs) my memory of that game with you is you were so into that game we're like Jason, what kind of pizza do you oh, yeah. want? I don't know. Uh, let's hang out and chill. <laughs> hang out and chill. Yes. I love that. Um, for those that don't know, a hang out and chill pizza, we found out, is a Hawaiian pizza. Yep. <laughs> we okay. discovered that it's a Hawaiian pizza that day. <laughs> God, we're weird. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. <laughs> I just remember um, like, playing that game for the first time and thinking, like, this is what I imagined in my head playing, like, you know, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64, like, all those, like, 
older style games where you'd be immersed in like a fantasy style. Like this is like Mm -hmm. that world in my head imagined on screen finally. And I was just like, how, how can you get any better than Skyrim? This is like the pinnacle. (laughs) I just remember my friend, he spent $60. Like he spent the full price to buy the game immediately got home, started it up. And then his character, he must have, like, hit somebody or something. He immediately went to jail and never touched the game again. (laughs) $60 jail trip. (laughs) Yeah. Spent $60 on a game. Went to jail in the game. Could easily escape. But you know what? Nope. He's done. Game's over. (laughs) Um... Do you have a favorite thing to do other than playing games? Or like a hobby? Ricky? Oh. <laughs> Why me? Because <laughs> Jason looked at Ashley first and he was like, nah, I should probably call out somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if I'm not playing board games, I'm usually playing video games. And if I'm not playing video games, I'm usually playing board games. But, uh... <laughs> I do actually art things sometimes. Yeah, you I do. I haven't done it a whole lot recently for some reason. All this extra time in the world and I've not done a darn thing with it. <laughs> um, but I do like drawing and painting and crafting. All that fun You used jazz. to make dolls, didn't you? Like the... uh, It's like, yeah, I was working on it. That was cool. That falls that falls into like painting and crafting. <laughs> it's it's included in that. <laughs> it's included. <laughs> uh, well, for me, if I'm not playing board games or video games, I watch and according to Jason, an unhealthy amount of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if I'm not doing that, I am probably trying to read one of the many books I have recently gotten in the past couple of months. You've been slamming them out, though, so, like, recently. Yeah. yeah. Been trying. Yeah. And comic books. Yeah. We both do comic books. Yeah. Got got a few comic books. I don't know. I do it all. Oh. <laughs> Oh, come Do on. you have any you specific seriously? hobby that you recently picked up, Jason? <laughs> that you won't shut up about? Uh, yeah, I, I I dabble in blacksmithing now. Um, mainly, it's turned into, let's watch the metal get really hot. Oh, I burned it. Oh, now I burned myself. <laughs> um, I'm getting there. It's It's been three months, so... I'm getting better. I made bottle openers. I, I can make bottle openers now. You want a bottle opener? I got you. Um, <laughs> but no, I I Keep love the mind. I love the process of I don't know. I Ashley thinks it's it's the danger aspect of blacksmithing that I enjoy, and I'm slowly realizing that's probably true. <laughs> um, but no, I like Ricky paint, craft, do all that jazz i haven't played a whole lot of instrument music stuff lately it's been a while yeah been a while (laughs) (laughs) what about you drew um uh, 
don't know. Other than replaying games, because nothing new has really come out this year that I cared a lot about, um, I've been doing a lot more fishing this year, so that's been a fun, interesting new challenge. So, yeah. Just being able to be out and enjoying nature and the outdoors has been really fun. I seen a turtle yesterday. I was like, dude, <laughs> it's end of November. Go go into hibernation, my dude. Were you driving a cart? And <clears throat> I was not. <laughs> no, I was just like standing that was there such in the an shoreline. He like, he like popped up and he's just like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, it's like winter time. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could hibernate. <laughs> Man, yeah. that'd be so cool. <laughs> just sleep all winter. Uh, I would get bored. I'd sleeping. be so into sleeping. <laughs> You'd be I bored love sleeping. sleeping. Dude, yeah. I have such wild, crazy dreams. I wouldn't I wouldn't even know. Um, next question seems to be directed towards Jason and Ashley a little bit more. Whoa. So what what is the publishing process for the podcast? A nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's actually cool. it's it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's the whole reason we kind of switched to podcasting. Yeah, but because it's it's basically after the editing process is done, we use Anchor. So if you just you make an Anchor account, and you can record directly into Anchor if you so choose to. But um, we use Audacity for the editing and the recording of the you know podcast and then otherwise we drag and drop it into anchor let it upload we write an episode title and description and hit publish i mean generally we hit schedule and we schedule the you know the post going up but i guess we're kind of a we're a unique situation because normal podcasts would have like um it would be more like rare. You guys, that would probably be a better example of an actual podcast because you 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 have a you have a goal in what the episode's going to be. You break um, it down. Yeah. Um. You guys, I wouldn't say a script. You you write down your intro. Um. And then you always have like an outro in mind. Mm-hmm. Um. But you have like goals to hit. Where Redbeard. Um, we just record our shenanigans and I try to like put it together nicely. (laughs) Um, but mainly I guess the process is both of us edit it. Most of the time Ashley does the cutting and the main editing. And then I do the uh, music aspect because I already kind of have like when we play live, I, I play music somewhat in our game just to give an atmosphere so I have an idea of what I want it to be on the episode um I just cut it a little nicer so it doesn't sound so choppy and raw um but yeah hopefully that answered that question um so what is everybody's least used die in D&D I use them all um (laughs) I mean I feel like I use them all too. Sided might be less often, you know, because I can't think of many situations where I roll yeah, a twelve. Yeah, there's side. a couple of weapons I think that use a twelve-sided die, but I would have to say that that one might be because I don't think spells use a twelve-sided die. They no, it's mainly do. barbarians. Yeah, 
because of their hit die. Majority of attack rolls are like 10 or like 8. Or 6. Yeah. Yeah. Or something six. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if it's not the D12 for me, I feel like it's the, the D4. Mm. I feel like that doesn't really get used that often. See, the D4 for I... me is a decision maker. <laughs> uh, because there's, there's three of us, or three players. So I'll be like... All right, this guy can't decide which person to attack, and I roll one, two, or three, and then four, I re-roll. Oh, so that's like well, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. For me, it'd probably be uh, ten and twelve, and definitely like percentile. Like I never have to roll percentile for anything. Um, D four, I use a little bit more just because I do use like daggers and stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like the D four is for daggers. So. It sounds like the D12 is going to be the thing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> because mm -hmm. percentage, I I would say percentage is more for a dungeon master than anyone else. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the off chance, like, percentage, like, I've used some of my percentage die as, like, a 10. Yeah. Too, because I've needed to use a lot of, like, eight 10-sided die, so. Yeah. Um, well, there is that chance... Um, you do teleportation, there is a 1% chance you get teleported into a brick wall and die. So you have to roll percentage oh. for that. <laughs> so if you use a teleportation spell, Sasha, keep that in mind. Not going to lie. Yay. I kind of hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you don't he die. In this just got dark, man. <laughs> What a way to go, you know? <laughs> I wish you Suffocating in a wall. <laughs> the way I read it is, it's not like you die instantly, but like you get, you're stuck in a wall and it's like, who's going to like dig through the wall and find you? Like you're just going to mm. be there. That's so I guess you it. could, you could just yell and hopefully somebody hears you. But, yeah. But yeah, that's morbid. <laughs> Bringing it back. I guess the question is, is like, how do you get teleported into the wall? Like, are you in, in the wall or is your face like, yeah. You I guess it see out and breathe. I guess I guess it depends on how move. how nice your dungeon master is. <laughs> so we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um next question, how similar are you and your characters? <laughs> so much. Yeah, I Ashley, think whether you take this question? <laughs> Well, I think whether intentionally or unintentionally, all of us does have a bit of ourselves in the characters just because that is the nature of role playing. But I will have to say that Sasha has definitely decided to drag way more of the shyness and uncertainty out of me, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> But yeah, because your last character was just like was yeah, and that might be why too is because my last character was so kind of <laughs> a aggressive. <mini> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't solve this problem. Um, lightning bolt <laughs> straight at their face. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, um, I mean, that is probably it's just like a. Me shying away from trying not to play the same character again, and also the character pulling different parts of me out, and maybe 
just trying to see different ways of role-playing situations out kind of thing. I'm curious what everybody's going to say. <laughs> um, for me, Tabby is way more bubbly and charismatic than I am normally. Like, I can be like that, and I think playing with the group that we have helps bring that out of me to play that part of that character. But it's like, Tabby is like, well, not just Tabby, like, all the personas are, like, parts of me amplified. Hmm. Like, I'm taking them up a couple notches more than what I would normally, like, if I were just playing a character that was strictly me. It's so, like that episode of Teen Titans where Raven has, like, seven different Ravens, and they all have different personalities. Right. Yeah, yeah so for me, my character's kind of like that. Like, it's me, but, like, amplified. Yeah. I definitely think this this campaign is a challenge because I would not say that I'm a generally quiet person. <laughs> so, uh, and I, and I would also say I'm not very. Um, I don't sit there and really stew too long before I speak. I just kind of go with it. And this campaign is definitely like I have to really stop and I have to think and I got to consider like what Crom is going to say. Like I felt like um, last campaign Frank is probably a lot closer to as far as just off the cuff talking. Um, but, but I definitely think there's a part of that. Um, I like, I like Frank's like protectiveness and consideration for, you know, the other people in the party. Like, I think that's, um, I don't know that I feel like that's maybe an aspect of me leaking into the character a little bit. Uh, another thing for me is um, Tabby's impulsiveness. That's definitely I've, I'm trying, like, usually if I think of something, I'll try to like think of everything about it before like I mention it. Where Tabby, I'm trying to play it like as soon as I have an idea it's out of my mouth. Like I'm trying to play her like way more impulsively. Like maybe I think impulsively, but I don't always act on impulsively. Where I'm trying to like like, whatever it comes to mind, like, it's just coming out. It's thought vomit for her. <laughs> um, this could be a spoilery question. Um, can you go to other places in the multiverse? I wouldn't... I guess it wouldn't be so much of a spoiler because this game is based off of our first campaign that um, we don't really have any like recordings or anything yeah. for for people to listen uh. to. But uh, yes, there is capability. Uh, the I've had the Feywild show up. We've I've seen where we go Limbo. We've seen Limbo. Yeah, and there was another one. It was one of the nine realms of hell. <laughs> uh, I thought it was the, the, the bronze city. Or oh, whatever. the city of brass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah where yep. the shark went. Yep. <laughs> yep, where that shark oh, went. Yeah. <laughs> the most underrated monster we've ever fought. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're our Only friend because... now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Oh, okay. Uh, but yes, it is possible. Potentially. I wouldn't say it, it was. it's as easy as it was back then. I would say it's a lot harder now. So yes, long answer, yes, it is possible. <laughs> Thanks. Um, what are you going to do with all the tingleberry? <laughs> well, we only have five doses, and we're planning on selling it. Are you? Eventually. <laughs> the plan is to sell it. I don't know, yeah. guys. We could have a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next session, we're all just going to get really drunk. Just get... But the characters are going to take tingleberry. <laughs> Sign me up. I want to be in that session. <laughs> My character just pops out of nowhere. Hey, guys! <laughs> just Kyle play an NPC bartender. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> Hey guys, remember me? <laughs> um, what got you started in playing? I like this question. Jason. 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 <laughs> Bro, you should come check out D&D. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> the answer for... How did you get into D&D? The answer will always be Jason. But for all of us, it's different variations of Jason. For I'm me, sorry. Jason's it was like a dealer. Yeah, for me, it was. I'm sorry, like I'm such an influence. Back in high school, um, I think my junior year. That's when I just started playing, yeah. like within a year or two. Yeah. So, Jason. Well, technically, I, I started when I was 15. Yeah, and Jason really wanted me to play it because there was only one other girl in the group, and it was the other guy's sister, and he hated the way that she played. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was fine, but she was, like, six years younger. So, <laughs> there was no strategy at the time. So, like, for example, we were, like chasing down to this like guild hall and we're getting shot up like no end by this arrow slit and we get there i use a shield plug up the hole i almost am down to like three hp we get to the castle and then she's like oh i had a shield spell i could have used and we're like all right cool cool <laughs> thanks <laughs> but was it i was the only girl you knew who was into like nerdy stuff yeah <laughs> and so that's why he was like so insistent that i be the one that like goes and plays because he did not know of anybody else who would be even vaguely interested in D D. yeah so i'm like yeah i don't have anything else going on why not <laughs> and then and then we became real close friends and that's it that's it. We're still close friends. <laughs> We're <laughs> close friends. Close friends to this day. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, I remember um, way back in the day when me and Ernest were still doing the band things, like one of our buddies tried to sit us down and have us make like role play characters. And I remember like hating the process so much that it like completely like turned me off of D&D &D for like years and years. 
Like, I just thought it was so stupid. Yeah, because um, I asked you a few times, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, I think I watched, um, was it Rooster Teeth slash Achievement Hunters um, uh, D&D campaign thing? Oh, yeah. And what I was really that enjoyed called? it. Heroes and Halflets, yeah. I think. Yeah. Heroes and Halflets, yep. Plug and I was in. finally like, hey, Jason, uh, you know, you can try out some D&D if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the rest is uh, is history. We went from, what, uh, three player characters to three player characters now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, really well, yeah, it was three. Then, like, we had a lot of, like, rotation, but. We did. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Ricky played off and on, but for our campaign, it was recently, like, what, two years now? Are you on two years, mm, Ricky? Something like that. Year and a half. I, I'd say it's probably close to two. Yeah, I would, I would think so. But I Ricky's what, actually what, played before this right. campaign with me. Yeah, uh, so... Jason and I worked together, and that's where he found me. He was like, "Hey, <laughs> you, she was a like you're into the. It's like you sound like you seem like you're kind of into the same things I'm into. You should come play D and D." And like I'd I'd heard of D and D, and like I was kind of curious about it, but I'd never actually like played it or knew anybody who played it. Um, or like maybe I did, but wasn't interested enough to play it and then he kind of like kept bringing it up and asking (laughs) and eventually i was like god this guy's a weirdo but fine you guys (laughs) view me as like this horrible like (laughs) play with me (laughs) somebody play with me well it was one of those things where like you invited me and like i was interested but i was really uncomfortable because i don't like going to places with a bunch of new people i don't sure. know and that was exactly the situation sure. yeah and so i was like super uncomfortable but i didn't want to be like one of those people who was like yeah totally i'll do it and then like you never show up and then have to face you at work the next day <laughs> yeah so like i dug up all of my courage and went <laughs> and i loved it so you that that game was so memorable that when we were in our comic book store we were talking about that story of that that one shot and we were laughing so hard that your husband showed up and you weren't even there and that's the first time i must met your husband and he's like wait do you know ricky we're like yeah and he's like dude she still talks about that game (laughs) 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 it was so funny I guess for me, back when the dawn of age, uh, (laughs) like, so I've heard about it, but I didn't understand it a whole lot because my parents sheltered me a lot from, like, cool things. Um, They had great intentions, (laughs) but they just, they didn't, they they were, like, the, they were worried about the satanic panic situation and all that. Yeah. And, um, well, I, I can't remember, but my friend Zach was like, hey, let's, let's check out this game. I know these, this group that plays and your parents will be cool with it. Um, because like their dad runs the game and he's actually like a pastor and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So like we go there 
and he teaches the game. I loved it so much. We played advanced Dungeons and Dragons at that session, so version two. Um, we loved it so much that me and Zach went to the bookstore with like wads of ones and quarters and fives and bought the player's handbook um, for 3.5 and we realized it's not the same <laughs> as advanced so we were taught by our friend's dad how to become dungeon masters and then we split up a campaign and then we just kept playing ever since um yeah me and zach still kind of well he we he started the campaign that we did in campaign one um he grew out of it and then he runs his own campaign so we've been doing it he doesn't believe me but <laughs> we've been playing D D for 14 years now i would say yeah well, that actually brings me to my next question. How long have you been playing? <laughs> well, let me answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, I would say I'm the longest one here, not to brag, but yeah. 14 years would yeah. be 14 or 15. I can't I remember think, the I exact. Think you, yeah, you're right around 14 or 15. I know I couldn't drive and my parents had to drive me to this place. <laughs> so that's how I deem yeah. that. Um, I was definitely driving because I was the one driving to the sessions when we when I started playing. So I was I've been playing for probably about thirteen years. God, I'm old. Years. <laughs> I I'd think... say it's about the same because I joined like right when yep. you did. Yep. We. I I I would say like when I when you finally got me to come play the first time was about six years ago because it was right around the time that like Mike and I actually started dating. Yeah. And, like, because I remember we were together, and I would, like, text him when I was going there, because, you know, we were still cutesy and, like, whatever, but, uh, <laughs> I remember, like, we were, we were dating maybe for a little while before I finally went, but, um, so that was six years ago, so probably, like, five or six years ago. What about you, Drew? I don't know, when did we start the first campaign? That's, that's however long. Has it been probably like three four? or four years? Three, three years, I think. Three. I don't know. We started in the middle of the year, and then we ended in the middle of the year. Yeah. <laughs> we can't pay more. So, so oh yeah, that was two years. So yeah, three years. Three years, I think. Yeah. I think it's closer to three than it is to four. Yeah. Yeah, that long. <laughs> Um, what got you interested in making a podcast? The pandemic. <laughs> no. Well, no, I would say mm -hmm. it's because... Editing in general, uh, apparently. <laughs> we, we tried the, the video thing and then hated video editing and that whole process and went, podcasting seems easier. Yeah, if you, if you wanna, wanna see us in video format, we got three episodes on our YouTube I channel. So. Look up Uncontrollably Fine. Check it out. <laughs> um, I would say we, we we bit off more than we could chew. Like, we've always wanted... I, I've always wanted to do a podcast for D&D. &D. Like, so much so that I recorded it back in 3.5. Like, I have recordings of us playing in high school. Oh, yeah. Um... But I didn't understand how podcasting work. I was too dumb. I would say, yeah, um, just easy. 
easier. Yeah. It's, it's not, I don't want to be like, yeah, it's easy. Go, go ahead and do it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's definitely easier than video because you don't have to worry about, I mean, I could be, I could be naked right now and you don't even know. Um, <laughs> Gross. I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> we'll leave you he's with not, that visual. He's not. He's not naked. <laughs> um, what is the best part of being a DM? The unlimited power of holding life and death in your hands. I've got the power. <laughs> Itty bitty living space. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, my favorite part about doing it is I write, I've learned over the years. So when I started becoming a dungeon master, I would write every meticulous corner door alleyway um, that they would go. And I learned that was a lot and they would maybe hit a third of what I would write. So I would write bullet points and come up with where I want them to go. And then I watch chaos just unfold in front of me, which is my favorite part is <laughs> I have this goal in mind. Let's see how many turns it takes to get to this goal. <laughs> um, but no, I just love the making of a story altogether. That, that would probably be the best part. Um, we have a couple questions on changelings. Um, do changing, changelings look human- and would others assume they are human? So with changelings, it all depends on what like they feel like. Um, the reason I chose human for this campaign specifically was the fact that we were playing on the fact that they can be taboo in society. And humans, while there are many other races, humans are always like the good like way to blend in. They're a plague. Mm -hmm. They're like rabbits. <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, so I specifically chose human just for the aspect of blending in. Um, I don't think you have to choose a human form no. for changelings. I would say there's changelings, all types of races of changelings yeah. out there. Like the only big stipulation for changelings is they cannot change their size. So changelings are typically like medium size, just like most races. Yeah. So as a changeling, I couldn't turn into like a full-grown minotaur because they're like considered large, I believe. Yeah. But I could maybe turn into like a young minotaur that's maybe still kind of like in that medium size range. Um, but yeah, any race really, it doesn't have to be human. I need you to turn into a crom at one point <laughs> for this campaign. Oh, like a, I, I physically wouldn't be able to because he's he's considered large. No, mini crom. Like, like just a, like, like a, a pocket size. Oh, I'll be your child. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>, cute. <laughs> um, how old is each member of the party? Oh, characters or characters or players? Yeah, how old are your characters? The characters, I would say, um, because it's never something directly talked about. It's always sort of just mm -hmm. vaguely implied. <laughs> Pull out your character sheets. <laughs> But um, <laughs> Sasha, I think, is like in her early 20s, like 21, 22, somewhere around there. So I think I was trying to like bring in the aspect of like 
somebody leaving home for the first time with her a little bit. Going to college. So, yeah. <laughs> well, for uh, my character, because she plays different personas, um, I kind of... Tabby's, like, younger 20s were around, like, 23, 24, I think I might have put down. But Diana may be, like, older 20s or early 30s more so. She's a little bit older. But the character herself is, like, younger 20s. Like, the actual character. She, so she she's trying to play older people, but she's really not. <laughs> mm. But changelings could be, like, super old, but have, like, that younger look. So you never know. Maybe she is really old. Yeah, you're like... <laughs> You're like that one lady from Game of Thrones. Just like go back to like normal changeling form. You're just like an old woman with wrinkly <laughs> skin. Yeah. See, I'm thinking of the movie The Shining, the bath scene. Like you're <laughs> like, oh yeah, she's younger, and then you see like old wrinkly old lady. Or like the orphan, <laughs> where like she's always looks young, but she's actually like 30, 40 something years old. Mm. Right. <sighs> From? 11. He's 11 years old. <laughs> yeah, I, so I guess it's... I was just looking up. I don't think they define, like, how old Minotaurs can be, like, as far as, like, their max age. Um, I believe they're, he, they're oh. like, orc years, which is, isn't far off of human oh. years. They're, they have a little shorter lifespan than humans, but... That's just because yeah. they're reckless. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I would say probably like middle aged um, due to story elements. Um, yeah. Um, and are there any noticeable uh, things about each character, such as like equipment or scars or markings? I'll start with Leon. <laughs> um, dashing looks. Mm. Pompous personality. Does he have facial hair? Yeah, he's got a goatee. So we've kind of determined that Leon and Diana pretty much have like the same hairstyle, but they like do. opposite. They do. <laughs> they actually do. That's awesome. It's like hey, short on one side and long on the other side. <laughs> That's pretty great. <sighs> yeah, wh what um, about Sasha? Um. Well, I would have to say that Sasha is is just very, very, very human. There's nothing like she's a bookworm. So she, she's yeah, quiet. she she blends in a whole lot. So I wouldn't necessarily say there's anything that really does stand out about her. Which is pretty um, funny for the family you come from. Yeah, I would say maybe the most noticeable thing would be her spellbook. She does keep it like on her side, um, and I think I think I said it was blue. Yeah. So she has a, that would probably be the most noticeable thing about her if her spell book is on her belt. But otherwise... She stands out by not standing out. Yeah. She's she's not one to be... I mean, she's a little bit taller than probably most human girls, but not like... She's not like six foot tall or anything like that, but she might stand out a little bit in a room full of just like women just because of her height is a little bit more 
but that's pretty much it. I feel like she stands out in the group just for the fact that she, like, she's not out in the open like Tabby or Bossy like Diana, and she's not a Minotaur. So, like, in the group, <laughs> yes. like, that, that's how she stands out as, like, how normal you are compared yeah. to the other two. <laughs> not a Minotaur and not a shapeshifter. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. Is there any specific, uh, well, thing about Krom? I mean, other than the fact that he's big and imposing, I mean, I think that's what we've been really kind of touching on. I guess it depends on the situation, but a lot of the places that we go didn't have Minotaurs, so it's just kind of really Mm -hmm. out of place to see this guy step down from a carriage. Um, True. I don't know, like, I would like to think that, um while he may look intimidating at first glance, like there's to me, I always play him like there, there's a little bit of a softness there that it's not like I'm kind of playing against type a little bit. I'm not like the mean and imposing, like I'm, it's just more of a soft and protective or helpful um, giant. Yeah. Just to help everybody. Cause I don't think it was too explained too much in the world, but if you, Look at the map on our social media pages. Most of the Minotaurs are from the Hollow Mountain, which is on the west northwest corner of the kingdom. Um, which we haven't really gone there a whole lot. Not that they wouldn't travel anywhere else, but concentration of Minotaurs is not going to be... Right. Uh, pretty much is going to be in that location, I would say. Or around there. Hmm. Um, and we have two questions left. Wow. Blazing on through. (laughs) Is there anything that scares your, each character? Yes. Let me pull up my notes. (laughs) Thank you, person who asked this question. Why are you going to be writing down all the answers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I think we touched it on a little bit, like in the um, our first big battle at the at the mansion. But I think it's a real concern for Krom that that his rage would overtake him at some point and cause harm to others. Um, I mean, he's capable of great, you know feats of strength and and causing massive damage but that's not what he's really about uh i think uh my character's big thing is getting found out by the wrong people um obviously she's told her crewmates um because she trusts them but she she tries her best not to let two people find too many people find out because you don't know who's for changelings and who's against them and what the people who are against them are gonna like are willing to do to changelings so her biggest thing is just the whole political changeling aspect of the of the campaign I mean I would say Sasha hasn't been in too many situations but I think her biggest thing is that she she wants to 
go back home and that's her biggest fear is like not being able to go back home I think and that's just kind of her fear right now I think she doesn't she hasn't been out in the world too much so you'd say like separation yeah from from your family yeah or, yeah she's homesick yeah <laughs> Alright, well, I specifically saved this one for last. How often do you publish your podcast? Every every Friday. Every Friday, 6 a.m. Santa's coming to town. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Although Santa's we are taking a break, Santa's quote, quote, so there won't yeah, be anything so... published for a little while here. Yeah. Yeah, we are taking a winter break. Um, hence why we want to end on this Q and A. Yeah. We thought it'd be a nice little uh, something to salivate. Behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Um, a little bit more casual. I wouldn't say we're like done as a group till we put put something out again. I'm. We have other things planned, especially on our like Twitter and Facebook and all that. Um, but we will officially air the next episode January 15th, which will give us plenty of time to be with family and relax and not worry about podcasts so much and uh, get time to record the up and coming episodes. So, yeah. But we love it. I love it. Yeah. I love doing it every Friday. At first, I was like, every Friday? That's going to be a lot. <laughs> but now it's like, no, I love doing it. And it's exciting to put it out every Friday. Yeah, I think us taking the break will really highlight the fact that, no, it we can do it, because I think we're going to be a little bit bored yeah. not having it to edit <laughs> yeah. and not, like, having that slight panic about getting it yeah. out and published. <laughs> Tuesday morning, every time I wake up, I'm like, oh, man, where am I at on the editing? I got to get it done. <laughs> 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 but... Thanks, Scott, for hosting. Yeah, thank you for hosting. Oh, thank you all for being here. It's been great being your host. <laughs> uh, we need to do this again. Um, I would love yeah. to do this again. We'll uh, mm -hmm. we'll see how everybody responds to this episode. And don't be shy. Comment on our Facebook or Twitter if you like this idea. We can definitely do more. Heck, we could do a rare episode have a behind the scenes rare podcast episode if you really wanted to yeah Ash just give me that squirmy you can ask about that oh i got <laughs> i got so many <laughs> i don't know i feel like um our what is it a hot deals episode that i desperately wanted to call bargain bin but Jason <laughs> no i'm like hot deals <laughs> like i was yelling around the house i'm like hot deals <laughs> <laughs> but that was that one was definitely way more of a I think a behind the scenes of an actual episode of us just talking about games. Yeah. Really? It was a good episode. Check it out if you haven't. I really enjoyed that one. I think that's one of your better episodes too. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Man, I don't know if I trust that though from him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs>
But thanks again, Scott. We need to yeah, have no you on, on on in the uncontrollably fine universe more. Yeah. What a great yes. moderator. Yeah. An excellent talent. <laughs> we should have you on okay. Rare sometime. A guru of sound okay. effects. A guru of sound I mean, y'all know where I live. So. <laughs> <laughs> I live in this box. Apparently we know where he sleeps now. <laughs> How, how, how should we sound off? Are we going to do the rare thing? Bye! <laughs> Bye! And remember... <laughs> okay, and remember, we don't have you a... got questions. You got answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye!